Hi, this is Steve Roost, and you're listening to Health Tech Hour on UK Health Radio. Each week, we give you the best news, views, and interviews from the health technology world. From CEOs and founders to entrepreneurs and clinicians, the companies and people that are shaping the future face of healthcare. All on the world's number one talk health radio. Health Radio. My name is Steve Roost and each week we bring you the latest news, views and interviews with the leaders and entrepreneurs who are driving the health tech revolution in the UK and beyond. I'm a CEO and founder of a health tech company myself and I'm passionate about the people and companies who are changing the world. Before we talk to our guest today, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. That's at Health Tech Hour and also make sure to follow UK Health Radio, which is at UK Health Radio. So one of the reasons that I wanted to do this show and one of the reasons why I love doing this show is to showcase people and companies who are using technology and using the digital world to address health issues that carry a lot of stigma and that are tough to talk about. So last week, we spoke to the founder of Pepe, Mridula Poor, and Pepe have created a digital platform to support people through difficult stages in their lives, such as menopause. Uh, they've also started a campaign called Black Mums Matter 2 to address the huge inequalities in healthcare and health outcomes for black and minority ethnic mums as opposed to white mums. The week before that, we spoke to Catherine Falkend from Perla Health, who is improving the care pathways for women who suffer from polycystic ovary disease. A polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, these issues affect millions of us. And so the more discussion, the better. And I personally think that digital health solutions are revolutionizing the diagnosis, treatment and resolution of these things where either people don't want to speak about them or feel awkward about speaking them. Maybe they get shunted around before they get a diagnosis. Um, Maybe they just don't know where to go for advice. And that brings me nicely onto today's guest. So Max Kirsting is a serial entrepreneur who for the last few years has been founder and CEO of Regimen, which is revolutionizing the area of men's intimate health, beginning with erectile dysfunction. For men, I think not, not being able to get an erection is probably up there with the most emotionally difficult health problems that we may have to cope with. And Regimen's app-based program provides sustainable solutions that's not just about popping pills to solve the symptoms. They already have thousands of users worldwide. And Regimen is also part of the same NHS cohort as our company, PocDoc. So when I heard Max talking about Regimen on the program and explaining that 90% of men who have strokes or heart attacks have an erectile dysfunction uh, issue in the years coming up to their heart attack or stroke, um, which I didn't know about. I just knew I had to get Max on the show and listen and, and understand a bit more about what Regimen are doing. So Max, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Steve. Good to have you. So Max, you're in Berlin, is that right? I'm uh, in Berlin. I'm looking outside uh, my window and it's gray, um, but uh, spring is coming. Good. Well, look, the, you being in Berlin highlights that we're now a global show with guests yeah. all over the world. We've yeah. expanded, which is good. Um, so how has Regimen coped during the pandemic? What, are you in are you, you're Berlin and London? So how, how has the business kind of handled the Ooh, pandemic? Yeah. 
Yeah, we even before the pandemic, we've been somehow set up as a, a, co a company in times of COVID. Okay. Um, we we've worked with people from all over the world, actually. Um, um, have advisors in Australia, in in the US, okay. and um, a team, yeah, spread out, um, and we are working from co-working spaces. Okay, and. Um, Uh, we are getting better and better every every week in in dealing with not seeing each other in person. But I think yeah. that's the issue everybody's dealing with right now. Yeah, it is a deal. Yeah, everyone's having to deal with that issue. I think. I think it's just, you know, there's an element where I'm not quite sure what's going to happen when everyone gets to be back in the same office at the same time. It's, kind of, it's been quite a long time. Um, so your background, looking at it, you you're a serial entrepreneur. You've worked across a number of different companies, across a number of different areas. So how and why did you did you and, and none of them, unless I'm mistaken, none of them prior to Regimen were anything to do with healthcare. Um, so what made you, you know, when and how did you kind of make the decision or make the leap to, to move into health tech? So uh, actually, it's a pretty personal story. Um, I'm 33 today. and Oh, happy birthday. No, no, no. Sorry. Today I'm 33. <laughs> that's, that's the uh, non-native language. I, I'm making this mistake all the time and getting so many birthday wishes. Okay. You mean um, you are 33? I'm going, to be 30, I'm going to be 34 in six months. Okay. Um, okay. Um, but um, uh, so, uh, yeah, almost 15 years back, 13 years back when I was 20, um, I had something that is called veno-occlusive dysfunction. It's, it's a kind of erectile dysfunction um, that you can basically compare with a bath, bathtub without a plug. Um, my veins didn't didn't hold the blood uh, in my penis when my body tried to create an erection. Okay. So uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter how much blood was flowing in; it was flowing out right away. And um, uh, yeah, I've I've seen I think on in total back in the days, 15 urologists and all they wow. did increasing 15 yeah one five increasing wow. the amount of. Uh, pharmaceutical uh, uh, dosages they put in my body okay. and just didn't help. And I'm not alone with that problem. Viagra works too. So what was the problem that you had specifically? What was it called? A veno-occlusive dysfunction or uh, on Reddit, people call it, I don't really know how to pronounce it, venous leak. Um, <laughs> and um, so I've been going through the entire therapy spectrum for two years and uh, sitting in front of the urologist, ultimately, who told me, Max, you're never going to have a healthy erection again. Wow. Deal with it or, uh, or get an implant, you choose. Wow. And, um, I, I know I can't curse on the show. But, uh, yeah, you can't curse. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm going like, to take my, the faith in my own hands and um, um, went through medical databases on my own. Bought a DVD back in the days was uh, was a pelvic floor training program and uh, then had help from a couple of excellent urologists building a program. And okay. I mean, I guess we know it uh, all in the health tech space that a ton since the Viagra patent expired, a ton of money, investment money was flowing into a generic Viagra. Yeah. Um, and I knew there's a better solution because what had, had helped me back in the days was a training lifestyle program uh, okay. including a whole bunch of stuff that uh, people would feel extremely stigmatized and I'm, I have a lot of fun talking about them uh, yeah. including vacuum pump training uh, wow 
um, including uh, yeah, pelvic floor training, cardio, cardio training. I took supplements. I took uh, pills, pharmaceutical pills before I went to bed to create more nocturnal blood flow. And slowly but surely, my erection improved. Okay. It took a long time. It's back so, to normal. So, and, w- yeah. W- when, uh, w- which, you know, you saw 15 urologists. So, w- which number urologist suggested that there might be another option other than an implant or accepting that you'll never have a healthy erection ever again? When did that kind of idea came in? Uh, yeah, I looked through forums and found good uh, good doctors, and one of those is my co- one of my co-founders now. Oh, cool! Um, and um, and on and I did my. I'm pretty. I can be a pretty stubborn person, so I did <laughs> did the uh, research. I was studying political sciences, so nothing nothing related, and I I was going through medical databases in the night um, on my own. Okay, um, and. And and the, the the program that you were on was it revolutionary at the time, or was this something that other people were doing, but just not no one was paying much attention? Um, so I would say there was evidence for like single components. Um, there's I mean there's evidence for a long time that uh, cardiovascular health helps and that the Mediterranean diet helps. But as I mean, we basic or I basically identified what could help potentially. Okay. There was nothing that, uh, like the program I was going through or creating uh, um, with with these doctors, and but I think uh, that's also one thing. Like you can improve your health in general by taking initiative, and in, in, yeah. in, in many cases, and empowerment. And so, what um, what happened between you know you being twenty, twenty one, twenty two? and suffering with this issue and then you know coming up with the program with your now co-founder to solve the issue well latterly it turned out that it solved the issue you didn't know that when when you started and then what happened in that intervening period because regimen's what two years old now three years old so what you know when at what point did you realize that you could draw on your previous experience and create a business that would help other people with the same problem um, so to be honest, my co-founder Wilco and I, we've been working on a different thing um, that, uh, yeah, didn't it wasn't wasn't the passion of of none of our personal. We weren't that interested uh, okay. in it, and um, I was I was looking at the funding rounds of uh, Viagra generics company with both of my eyes at that time for I don't know like two or three years and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I kind of got more and more frustrated in a way that, uh, like that, that I thought, uh, is that reality that, that uh, uh, something off patent is now the solution for a problem that many people had. I I didn't actually know how many people have an erection problem. It's much more common than people think. Well, what are, what are the numbers? Depends on the study you're looking at, obviously. But for example, the NHS Scotland says 50% over 40. And um, in general, we believe it's somewhere between 25 and 30% of men. Um, wow. But you'll, you'll find numbers from 3% to 76.5% in clinical studies. And it always kind of uh, depends on how you uh, define an erectile dysfunction. It can be anything from... N- literally nothing works to uh problems here and there right it's, okay 
very individual. So is there, um, cause you, you said that you had a very sort of specific medical issue. So is there, is does erectile dysfunction, does it cover a very broad range of problems and how broad are those give, can you kind of elaborate on that? Yes, of course. I mean, an erectile dysfunction or erection problems, uh, Uh, cover everything from an organic issue uh, or cardiovascular issue uh, to maybe depression or just insecurity. Um, it, it can literally be it, like it's a relatively complex system. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, most people know that uh, erections kind of like you can't force an erection by thinking i want to have an erection right mm. it, it is a process that where, where different parts of the body are involved and um it's, and it's super complex also like like the degree of suffering is different right some people okay. who have a healthy erection might suffer a lot because they think it's not enough and vice versa okay and how much um how much knowledge and research existed prior to you sort of start well i guess when you had your your problem back when you were you know in your early 20s and now how much understanding is there of the actual causes and complexity of having an erection not having an erection dysfunction is it still is there still a lot of unknown out there i, I say this because when we had katrin on there a lot of what you your story um kind of chimes with a lot of what she was saying about PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome. Uh, you know, she saw nine, eight, nine doctors before receiving a diagnosis. Not everyone has the same symptoms. Not everyone has the same severity. Not everyone has the same views about their symptoms. And it's so that's why it's quite hard to pin down the right course of treatment for it. Is it sort of similar? It, it's, I, I, it's a tricky question. I think an erectile dysfunction is mostly self-diagnosed. If you say okay. I have a problem with my erection, most doctors won't, uh, won't question that. They, they, okay. they won't do that. Um, I, my co-founder, uh, my medical co-founder, Wolf, uh, um, says uh, doctors have been so happy to have something, which is Viagra, um, okay to actually have something that they could give people because before Viagra, there was literally nothing you could do right. um, um, and, and uh, ex exact experimental stuff. Okay. And in the past 10 years, um, more holistic uh, and, and um, not symptom-based, but uh, yeah, root-based treatments or interventions have been studied in, in, in science. And I think what I've done back in the days was somewhat experimental. It's not anymore, but the problem is coaching people and, and going through a lifestyle program is not easy. Doctors don't have the time. So it's still the normal treatment pathway is someone comes into a GP or urologist and says, I have an erectile dysfunction and they get Viagra or Cialis or the generic versions. Mm -hmm. And um, even though healthcare guidelines call for a solution that is at least complementary, maybe even first line, um, that is not a pill. And um, that's what we try, try to, to bring to people. And uh, we're also trying to, to find a way to educate doctors about it because doctors oftentimes know but don't have the time. So if, yeah. if doctors are listening, 
ping me, max at joinregimen.com. Um, we're learning with doctors how to integrate better in the pathway and in the patient pathway. So just to go back on that, what is a because there were a few things in there I want to pick up on. So the first one is around Viagra. So what do you, is there a place for Viagra? Do you believe it, there is a place? Cause it, it or, or is it just being, is it being mis, mis, misprescribed or what is your, what's your belief around that? Um, absolutely. There's a place for Viagra and, and, and for all the other drugs. Um, so if you compare it with, let's say, with a depression or even with a broken leg, let's say a broken leg, you have symptomatic treatment, which might be painkillers or even crutches, and yeah. you have physiotherapy, right? And both is important. Um, and same thing is, so for, same, same goes for so many different issues. In erections, there's just symptomatic treatment, which is Viagra. And nothing for the for the underlying issues and for the long term therapy, and we won't through a holistic program. Doesn't matter as us or anybody else. You won't just fix people. Many people will improve, will maintain their erection, um, or even Viagra, or or nothing. Viagra doesn't work for them anymore. Right. We had a couple of cases where they've been going through our program and all of a sudden Viagra works again and they can have intercourse. Right. So it's sort of like a to- the body builds up a tolerance or, or some kind of something akin to that or something. Or just, yeah, it's, it's oftentimes it's not every medication works for everyone. Um, maybe, maybe it's also like the re re stimulating the cardiovascular system. I'm not a doctor. So uh, <laughs> everything, everything I say has to be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah, of course. Um, but, but, um, that's, that's, uh, I mean, ultimately the patient outcome is uh, uh, what matters and there is a place for Viagra. It should just not be the solution that you always take for symptom treatment and increase the dosages. And at some point in time, uh, that's it. Yeah. So when you, um, so you've, you, as many mission driven founders do, um, so, you know, a founder that has a personal epiphany or a personal experience that then sets out to solve that problem, not just for them, but for the, the world. Um, you moved from a situation where you had a problem to one where you realized that there were millions of people with similar problems and you wanted to provide a solution for them. So at what point did you make that decision to do that? And how, like what went into that? Was it was it something that was completely natural or was there some kind of trigger? And you went like I know you mentioned that you saw the funding rounds for the Viagra generics. But was there anything else? Because I think that that's that I find that personally very interesting where you, you've suddenly decided to do this incredible thing for millions and millions of people worldwide. Um, actually, I think both my co-founder Wilco and I, we've realized we want to do something that we truly believe in um, and where we can support people with problems we can relate to. And um, we were at the point uh, where we had the capacity to do something that we really want to like we had the choice either to uh, continue with um with something that we like with any job yeah uh, any topic or and and i was like for me I, I was literally starting to think about this issue for a year and the trigger was in that ca- uh, case really like seeing startups selling viagra as first-line treatment for everyone as kind of like a lifestyle maybe even hipster drug um, is that right? Is and, that how they were doing it? Um, and um, wow. I, 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 I somewhat thought uh, that there are, t- I mean, I've, I've started to research on my own how many people uh, are affected. And um, yeah, and then we've tried to, we're trying to create a different uh, way to treat men's intimate 
health issues, starting with yeah. erections. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned just before that the, the, already in medical guide, guidelines, I, I guess in primary care, I guess, that if someone comes presenting an erectile problem, erectile dysfunction, the, 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 the advice is already to, to provide at least some comparable non-drug-based um, route. Is that right? Yes. Is that in the UK and in Germany or is that just in it's one of them? In many countries, actually. Um, uh, and there are also different guidelines. Um, but in the UK, I think the, the knowledge is actually better and, uh, than, than the knowledge base than many other countries. Um, even cardiologists, uh, the, the QS3 um, cardiology predictive questionnaire uh, takes erectile dysfunction or uses erectile dysfunction as an independent predictor for, um, for cardiovascular diseases. Um, we believe that, that the UK is actually advanced in comparison to actually i mean I'm, i don't want to trash talk about germans but um, <laughs> um here uh, yeah we are we are making the the uh, experience that erectile dysfunction is more of a stigmatized issue than in in the uk and, and even the us but ultimately doctors everywhere struggle to to really address it the way patients need it okay and, yeah and so is that one of the, the, the stigma issues surrounding it? How does that normally sort of express itself with, with erectile dysfunction? Or how have you found that that expresses itself within I mean, this area? Yeah. I, can, I can talk about it from a personal perspective and, and from a perspective of working with hundreds of, of people we've also interviewed and, and, and uh, that have, we've been part of that journey. So from a personal perspective, I can tell you that for... 10 years, I haven't talked to any, anybody about these issues. It was kind of like in the past, I didn't really want to address it. Yeah. And I'm only addressing it right now because I feel like I can, I can help and support people and advance the conversation in, in our society. Yeah. Um, I feel like from, we've literally worked with so, and interviewed so many of our clients. And, um, and for them, it's A, important to talk about the issue with someone who is not awkward around it. And I'm not awkward. Uh, it's not awkward for me to talk about this topic anymore. Yeah. And um, B, I know that, or we all know also from research that shame and stigma prevents people from go, at least seeing a doctor. Like half of, half of, there's a study in the, or there's a, some research in the UK that half of people with an erectile dysfunction never go and see a doctor and would rather break up uh, with a partner and it takes people about two years to to go and see a gp and and talk wow. about this issue and i have a, had a conversation last last week with a gp who said usually people who come with who present with an erectile dysfunction always lead with a different issue and yeah. then when they somewhat have the hand on the on the yeah. door already they say and by the way i have i have another issue times yeah. over and what happens is these people get a prescription so right um, Okay, and shame is really preventing people to get the treatment and care they need. And do you believe? Well, I guess you do, but but why do you believe that a digital solution helps to address those issues? Because um, do you think that it's those two? Do you think it's the stigma and the shame that are um, preventing people who sh who sh who could and should? Um, get treated from being treated or is it a lack of available options outside of Viagra or a bit of both? It's both. It's actually both. It's um, on the one hand side, um, people don't like to go to doctors and say, I have a problem with this. It's somewhat 
awkward and, and shameful to really to walk in an office. Yeah, I mean, like if you, as, as it, it's probably for a man one of the more awkward emotional issues to deal with. So yeah, I can tell you when I've walked uh, in in into a doctor's office with this issue, it's super hard for me to even talk about it. It's like right. it's so awkward. Yeah. Um, but also, like from a doctor's perspective, it's extremely hard to get this kind of care to 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 or to educate a patient and like change their life, lifestyle. And men in their thirties, forties, fifties are amongst the ones who, who it's, it's hardest to to kind of like teach them and, and convince them to change stuff. Yeah. Um, there's an there's there's an excellent video of a cardiologist uh, who of of the Mayo Clinic uh, in oh the, okay in the US. in the US uh, yeah and and he he says he mainly talks with his male patients about their erections because uh, it's it's a motivator to to actually change something but uh, it's That's interesting because cause we'll, we'll come onto this in a second because a lot of a lot of the the lifestyle changes actually well because a lot of the causes of erectile dysfunction are related to lifestyle or can be improved to lifestyle changes that actually improves your general health across the board absolutely yeah actually i think that's kind of interesting actually that people might not more men might not want to get fit to lose weight but they might want to you know help their erectile issues yeah and um and i mean the if you tell someone you might have a heart attack in 10 years it, it yeah. sounds like like I've talked to a number. Uh, we we are also working with a cardiologist in London, um, who 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 says most people, uh, yeah, don't says okay, I'm gonna deal with it when the time comes. So I, I saw on your your site. So you well, we, since when you know, I think it was in our pre pre production meeting when we talked about this, but. Um, you so so the presence of erectile dysfunction um, is actually something that's included in the Q risk. So I don't know, just as some explanation, Q-Risk for everyone listening is the sort of one of the, I guess, NHS approved cardiovascular risk measurement assessment systems. So when you go for, you know, a, a cholesterol test at the GPs, if you're, if you're lucky enough to be able to get one, um, you know, all of those figures plus other information, height, weight, BMI, smoking status, medication, and erectile dysfunction go into a, the Q-Risk program, which then spits out your percentage likelihood of a heart attack in the next 10 years. Is that, is that, that's correct, right? That's as far as I understand it too. Yeah. And so, so what's super interesting is um, PocDoc, obviously we, our first product is providing a cardiovascular assessment. Um, and we looked into Q-Risk because you can actually license it. You can license the open source version of it. Mm-hmm. And um, we looked into it and we did a lot of research with clinicians and we did actually a lot of research with, with users and with customers. And on Q-Risk, um, if you, um, the, the, a good score, for example, one that means you're healthy is like 6%, but a bad score is 8%. Mm. Like, well, to a normal person, that's going to make no, that's not really going to explain anything mm. at all. So yeah, we didn't necessarily move that way, but have you have you gone down that route or, or at all? It's a good question because I mean, so in in theory, right? Uh, doctors should t- t- if someone presents with a with a with an erectile dysfunction, uh, doctors should check for associated um, 
health risks or diseases. So is, and is it, are the associated other risks, is it mostly cardiovascular or are there other issues? One of the main, main things, but uh, diabetes, uh, diabetes is, is, is associated and also mental health issues, clearly. Okay. Is, diabe- uh, is diabetes associated because of the vascular issues that diabetes causes or for some other reason or you're not? I do believe that, um, but uh, um, uh, to be honest, th- those are literally questions where, where I'm not an expert. Oh, good. I, I'm not a doctor either. So I don't um, but, but like uh, mental health issues as well, right? Uh, and, and that makes sense from, from both perspectives. If someone is super anxious in general about themselves, it's, it might be really hard to create an erection when it matters. Right. And the other way around, if you can't create an erection, it's from my own uh, experience, it's... Uh, yeah, it's always some some sort of uh, issue that is that is. I, I, look, I would imagine. I'm sure you've got the numbers, but the um, the, the percentage of, of men with erectile dysfunction issues who also have depression or other mental health issues is probably quite high. I would it's, suspect. It's it's quite high, and I don't think there's a there's an actual number um, that I rely on or that I trust right now, but. Um, even even in our user cohort, uh, we've we've done some um, small tests and um, or small small we've we've sent out questionnaires and uh, mental health issues are amongst the 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 issues that people have the most um, like the, the the comorbidities that that, that yeah. Happen. And so, in your opinion, yeah. would it be fair to say that? for a large percentage of people suffering with erectile dysfunction, there is an underlying cause of it that is, that is, that is not necessarily purely like um, related to the penis, for example. I, I, I'd say for most people. Um, for most of them. For most of them. And it could be like, if, you, if you'd ask a cardiologist, they would, I guess they would say uh, it's oftentimes a vascular issue. If you ask a, uh, a therapist, a, a psychotherapist, uh, they'd say in most people that there, there's uh, a mental health issue, um, uh, or there's yeah, and and for many people it might even be both. And right. um, uh, it's yeah, it's a an, an erection just depends on different things that have to work hand in hand. And if the erection doesn't work for whatever reason, it also have an, has an effect on on other things. Um, so in 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 most cases, it's just not a singular issue in the penis. It can can be the predictor for something. It can um, can yeah, it, it can can ha- have the 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 underlying issues are mostly not just in the penis. And the most presumably the some of the more high risk issues that it could indicate would be potential heart attack, potential stroke, or other or, or diabetes, for example, or heart disease. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, those are amongst the the most um, yeah the the ones that are most costly on on every level. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, but but they're but, but they're but they're often the ones that you can address the most easily with lifestyle change absolutely exactly you commit to it. literally like taking care for your penis and having better erections has a beautiful side effect which is better cardiovascular health well let, on that note let's talk about regimen and how regimen helps with that um so what i think what i'd like to do if possible um is could you just take us through the journey of a normal 
user from from you know how they might come in contact with you what they have to do you know just just explain it you know as you would they as they would experience it so a normal user i guess usually comes into contact with us either through um we're still pretty active on for example on reddit uh okay. or um yeah maybe an ad or uh, ideally one of the doctors who refer us Okay. And maybe even explains what we're offering. So okay. let's say let's say a doctor uh, tells a user um, uh, tells a, a person with an erectile dysfunction. Um, here is maybe even a short-term fix, a solution, pills, Viagra, and I'd like to uh, like you to try a regimen. Okay. So they would uh, the customer would sign up, and um, we are asking a, a ton of health-related questions in the beginning. All, I've via, all via app or via... via Everything's via app. Work. So um, for now, it's not awkward. Nobody has to talk to me. Um, is, it an, is it anonymous or non-anonymous? Because you've been referred. It's anonymous, um, but um, we're actually working on a solution where the doctor can more directly refer patients. Okay. But okay. Uh, that won't ever be a uh, an issue if someone we need an email address to, to create to create the account but right. you can call yourself whatever you want um, okay. yeah and um so we'll, we'll ask a couple of health related questions including yeah age uh overall health um do you do you, do you ask for like any kind of like any sort of biological stuff like cholesterol test stuff if they've done one recently or is it all sort of non non-invasive data it's non-invasive data but it's uh, the most important questions we're asking is are the questions um of the international index of erectile function and that will always be like if you if you let's say you you use a weight loss app you're tracking your weight right yeah and that, the progress on your weight will will indicate how 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 much how much success you you had in the program correct we are you yeah, uh, we, we are using the International Index of Erectile Function for that. It's a five-question questionnaire that guides people or that asks questions from are you able to create an erection all through the, uh, through the process of intercourse to um, is, is, is intercourse satisfactory for your partner? So okay. basically it asks all the questions. And, so, and this, is the, this is a standardized, yes. it, we, internationally recognized standardized assessment absolutely. for erectile function. If you're, if you're looking uh, at uh, research in the space, 90% of, of, of uh, studies and, and research papers are using the International Index of uh, uh, IIEF5, there are a couple of variations, um, but uh, as, as an indicator, if something is successful or not. Okay. Um, so you'll get between five and 25 points and a healthy erection is 22 to 25. And then gradually, like you can have a mild dysfunction, mild, moderate, moderate, severe dysfunction. Okay. And so someone, so someone does the, the questionnaire, then yeah. they submit it. What happens at that point? They create an account. Exactly. Okay. So, um, and um, we're offering a seven-day trial. And um, other than that, I think so far a relatively affordable um, subscription. Okay. <laughs> um, which, which is what? Which is uh, if you get a yearly subscription, it's around five fifty a month. So sixty. Five pound fifty a month. 
something like that doesn't that doesn't seem like a huge amount given that yeah no we are we are literally like still no we, are, we we know i i I'll, I'll guide you through the numbers but we know it works uh we also know we'll still rely on feedback and we have a pretty active customer or a client community yeah please send send us feedback well, I, so i i want to get so there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that i want to dig into so yeah. but um and one of them is your your users helping other users basically because i feel like and unfortunately so we've tried so in order to do that we believe we believe in in uh, medical professionals being part of it so what okay. we've done is basically ask me anything on reddit um where customers were able to ask not just me but also um, people from our board oh, um, okay. we're asking we're answering any kind of question but right. we've made the we've made the experience that um uh, clients referred uh non-scientific stuff and uh, right. it, like especially with so did, emotional did it spiral out of control a bit yeah exactly right. we right. might we might find a solution in the future but so far everybody who has a question and tons of people had questions and yeah. can can send me an email and right. we're doing our best okay fine so um, so so someone submits their questionnaire and yeah. then what up you know and you sign up and all that stuff but in terms of the actual clinical care or the, the, yeah. the pathway what happens next so um people get uh Pro, uh, uh, yeah, a uh, personal program. Uh, uh, yeah, program. Um, right. You can literally imagine it like a weight loss, diabetes program, back pain program. So okay. um, we've developed the program with. Uh, we have an advisory board of excellent researchers. We've published together with our advisory board, Wolf and um, myself from the uh, patient perspective um, have been creating the program, and we've actually co-created it with. Mm-hmm hundreds of people of our very first yeah. cohorts. Yeah, um, so you published uh, we, yeah we've, we've screwed up so much in the beginning, like the first versions were based on incorrect assumptions. Okay. Um, and what they're getting is, um, or what you as a client would be getting is um, every day you're getting um, coaching, meaning okay. content. Um, um, then you'll get exercises, uh, strengthening and stretching pelvic floor and okay. vascular health, um, mindfulness, and um, an, an overall tracking, uh, both activity tracking. So it's important for us that people are just active and change okay. part of their lifestyle. Um, we'll educate about risk factor modification, nutrition. Um, and our our goal is not to tell people do this and you'll be you'll be fine. We just uh, our goal is to, uh, to equip people with the knowledge and the tools and the resources to uh, really take care and improve their erection on their own without going through all the research, having the, without having a, a coach yeah. um, who shows them the exercises, but in their own home. Do you, and is it, do you have a coaching service or is it, or is it purely app delivered? If someone wants to speak to somebody because I've, I don't know, they've, they've got, um, issues or you know one of the things that we've we came up with when we spoke to Kate Newhouse from Couth yeah. which is in um, child and young adult mental health is that at some point somebody may have a problem that is not you you can't deal with that problem within the confines of your service and that needs to be triaged upwards or outwards to be, to be dealt with do you have those kind of issues so I have two responses. We we do have a ton of questions. I'm not a ton of questions. We we do have questions from our customers, and we're trying to solve it um, 
uh, informally right now um, right. With, with, with our doctors. Um, well, it's good that people are engaged. I mean, it, it must yeah, 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 absolutely. No, and we, we learn from people. Like every single email, it doesn't matter if it's positive. Like we get very rare negative feedback might also be that people just don't want to deal with something they don't like, but I don't believe that. Like a uh, health outcome is pretty, pretty positive, but uh, we deal with every question that people submit to, to us. Okay. In the long run, we believe r- regimen is, is part of uh, it, it, it kind of belongs in the hands of doctors who decide what treatment journey is, is right for which patient. Mm. And um, uh, yeah, we are wor- working towards that. Okay. Um, and I mean, ultimately data, we, we, we believe in data. Uh, data shows at the moment how effective it is, but also data will show in the future how to, adjust even better to the individual needs of okay. so let's so let's talk about that so how how have you tracked success or how successful is the program based on your data yeah so as i've mentioned um uh, the international index of erectile function is, yep. is the key uh, metric and um so in general from all of our clients who go through the program uh it works for three out of four so if you compare that with Viagra, it works for more people. Um, okay. What's Viagra? We're just looking at the first three months. So, oh, we, so okay. So okay, yours is a three-month program. It's it's longer. It's a it's a companion. And okay, just just imagine um, in in mental health um, or in, imagine in, in any generic gym membership. If you right. stop going to the gym, so is it? So it's sort of ongoing, but you do an assessment after three months, so to speak. Yeah, we are also doing doing uh, every four weeks afterwards assessments. Okay. But looking at the data, we have pretty solid uh, data for the first three months. Okay. Um, and uh, in this very limited time period, three out of four. Um, of our clients improve significantly. Okay. And um, I don't know how much that's going to tell anyone who's listening, but uh, on average, more than six points within these 12 weeks um, on a scale from five to 25. So we're literally transforming. Uh, yeah, so you're, 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 yeah, you're, you're like, you're nearly 30%, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's, it depends how you calculate it, right? right because right. it's 21 points and we are also, we've, we've also tried to do percentage calculations. If you start with a, let's say with a 15 and you get up to a 20, that's 50% of the potential that you had up to 25. Right. Okay. So just but, but either, either way, that is a, that is a significant improvement for 75% absolutely. of people that no, do no, the program. Absolutely significant. And right. we, we don't, we don't know any study, uh, with this health outcome, and what, uh, what is what as a as a comparison, what would Viagra be at for the same type of thing? If you know, super hard to compare because in the long run, Viagra doesn't help at all. It's uh, it's a symptom. It's a symptom. So with Viagra, depending on how, how good your how good it works for for anyone, you have like small peaks of four hours, right. and and we we basically are constant improvement. And also, if you think about it, so 70, you know, you've got a three in four chance of this, of regimen working for you. And over three months, it will cost you 15 pounds. Yeah. It doesn't seem like over three. I mean, we're selling uh, quarterly subscriptions. I'd want to be transparent for 35. 
or yeah, yellow. I mean, I, I'm just, I wasn't trying to pin you down on the price. I was more just trying to kind of frame it, which is that this is a health problem that affects millions of people. Um, and you have a solution where you, you have data that says that it works for three out of four people, um, yeah. you know, for, for a price of a you know, couple of drinks, few drinks, whenever we can eventually get back into a pub, which would be nice. Um, okay. So, and, and how much are you um, proactively trying to knock down stigma and shame versus it naturally happening by you just being available? Do you know what I mean? Is it like a mission to really knock those things over? Or are you just more like, if we keep doing what we're doing, then it will happen naturally? It is actually a mission. And um, I mean, you hear my German accent. We've been talking about Berlin. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, we have, we have te like, we are, con con uh, we are confident about the impact of, of regimen for a couple of months now. Like we have the data that we need maybe since last fall. And we've, we've been doing a couple of tests, how impactful it is to just tell my story in, mm -hmm. in, uh, in this case was the quickest fix uh, or the quickest way in German media. And it's insane how much feedback we've gotten, how many installs we've generated. And also how many of my friends have been approaching me, asking me about their, their issues and what they should do um that's kind of like it hasn't happened ever before uh yeah it, it, it's because it's authentic i mean that's one of the things that you know when when we were when, when you know when we first started the nhs accelerator program and everyone had to explain what they were doing and you just told your story and i i thought it was extremely credible extremely authentic and you know it's one of the reasons why i wanted to get you on the show because i think it, it just makes what you're doing it sort of makes it like a, just so so great and credible basically thanks um but i mean shame and stigma prevent people from actually going to the doctor so i think yeah. we have we meaning we all together all institutions in health insurance have a massive opportunity if we really address stigma mm -hmm. and uh, uh fight it and and basically go the go the way femtech companies uh go or yeah. have been going for the past 10 years like in my bubble Uh, period is nothing awkward anymore as is just part of the of the, uh, the way the female body functions um, yeah. and um, that has been I'm 33 when I was 15 that has been different for sure like uh, nobody was talking about periods was yeah maybe it was because I was, it wasn't puberty but I think the generation of my mom literally yeah I think it's shifted for sure yeah it has shifted and that's I, great and i think that that's that makes a massive difference also for for different dimensions of health but especially because men's health is and erections and all other stuff in men's health is so closely re related to still what it means to be a man if we really right. have the opportunity to tear down these stigma stigma as a barrier to yeah. to getting care yeah um, We have well, a barrier to getting care for something that could be a symptom of something very serious. And, and I mean, I know that's, uh, I hate to talk about it, but like the economic impact for health, health insurances is massive. If we en enable people to, to go to the doctor and say, I have an erectile dysfunction without feeling awkward. Yeah. Um, It will what, what, what you mean there is that it's the indirect cost of someone, someone is, someone says they have an erectile problem. What, what actually is happening is that they have a cardiovascular problem that will hit the health service in three years, five years, seven years, which can cost millions. 
Exactly. Or, or even a mental health issue. There's so much money um, lost for society because people... So you, are you actually, do you view your role and the role of regimen? I mean, it's the same way for Poktok. We view ourselves very much in the preventative space, which is giving people access to data in order so that they can empower and make better life choices to improve their health. It sounds like you guys feel the same way, which is you're actually on the preventative end of the curve. Yeah, we, we are, I think we're in a weird space between preventative and, and, and actual, I, I don't know, it's primary care or oh, yeah, treatment, yeah, yeah, just treatment. treatment, right? Yeah. It is an effective Both. treatment. It is an effective treatment, but our mission goes beyond that. Our mission is uh, to, to really enable people to take care of their, their very personal stuff. And, and we're not really interested in like... Uh, general health problems like we're, we're never going to build a back pain app um but right. we're, we're going to to create problem uh, to create solutions for problems that's that are super personal and intimate and feel awkward and i mean the american oh look i think let's break down the stigma i mean the only way to do that or well, not the only way but one of the main ways is just to talk about these things absolutely you know and approach it like it's a problem like any other problem and people are solving the problem and they solve it in a particular way and yeah no i'm, I'm with you so what i think i'd really like to understand now is what because I know that you said you've got doctors on your advisory board and you work with some doctors. What has the general reaction of the medical community been to this? Because you're available direct to the consumer. So I can go to the app store. I can download regimen. I can sign up. So I can do that directly. I don't need to go to a doctor for that. Or I can, you, 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 it sounds like you are either already or in the process of trying to become part of the referral from a doctor. So do they, do they have an issue with you doing both or, or do they, what's the general reaction about what you're doing? So the, the general uh, reaction is it has to be as easy as possible for doctors. Okay. We're basically building uh, the tools right now to make it as easy as possible. And for, are they going to get a different version or is that more just a back-end thing for the, for the, it's a back-end thing. Back thing and, and possibly in the future, a different version where, where we would be allowed to uh, send data back to doctors, but that's all in, up in the air and we're, we're going to treat it just like building the app. We'll do it together with doctors, uh, yeah. not, not, not on our own. No. Um, you, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, in, in general, I don't think anyone I've talked to, any doctor, thinks it's a bad idea to also go directly to the consumer. Um, but uh, um, we want to be, become part of healthcare systems, meaning yeah. um, we want to integrate with whatever other services are there. We don't want to be an isolated solution. And that means we have to uh, yeah, be part of what doctors have in their um, <laughs> can offer to patients uh, they can offer and so far they have one solution and it's also kind of an awkward situation for a doctor who prescribes viagra and then he doesn't have anything else anymore um, right. and yeah that's that's have you have you have actually so, so have you found that doctors are quite excited about having another tool in the toolbox as so opposed far, to yeah so far yes and um mainly urologists um, I've been talking to who have been referring it to a couple of their patients even told us that uh, patients uh, we, we had the situation where doctors told us that patients have sent them emails and reporting back that the erection improves um, and um, 
I've I've heard a couple of times that that happens quite rarely in in um, for doctors that patients re reach out with a thank you. Uh, well, thank you. Awesome. That's great um, feedback. It's actually excellent feedback. I think our challenge will will really be create a a solution that doc that is as easy as possible for doctors, especially because they don't have time to to really refer something and coach people. And secondly. Um, our ultimate goal is to make it accessible and available for every person yeah. with functions, which means um, health insurances uh, will have a role at some point in time. Right. So on that topic, presumably when you say health insurances, you mean, you know, outside the UK because the UK has a different system or do you mean it private, the private ones in the UK as well? No, no. In the UK where we're, evaluating what will be um, the role of the NHS and of yep. commissioners. Um, and I mean, we're really thinking this as a global solution and healthcare mm -hmm. systems are different everywhere in the world. <laughs> it's definitely and, true. And, and uh, also digital health has a different, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's different. Yeah, not everywhere. everyone feels the same way about digital solutions is what you're getting at. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So on that note, what do you, um, I know there's been a lot of stick or a lot of kind of media attention about the vaccine and the different approaches to it between the UK and, and, and Europe. So what, what are the main differences as you see them? You can keep it within digital health um, for, between Germany and, and the UK because you work in both markets. Yeah, in, in the UK, it seems like people get vaccinated. I haven't, I haven't seen uh, that happen in, in Germany so far. It's going to happen. Um, it's going to come. It's going to happen. Uh, I think I think honestly everybody has uh, the same issues uh, and same problems. It looks like the UK is actually faster, um, and I mean I I'm, I have a US passport. My partner is American, even if she is, though she lives in in London. But uh, looks like in California has a digital solution where people actually get vaccinated in drive-through um, centers, um, and I mean. I, I, we, it's, 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 it, it doesn't look, I feel like we had a year to prepare for vaccination, also to build digital tools. And it looks like nothing really happened. Everybody has uh, COVID apps. It could, yeah. have, been, it could have been a, a pretty cool feature to integrate like a vaccination timeline or like uh booking appointments in a uh, feature into these these apps but i i I, think, I i look i don't know i'm not involved in anything to do with the vaccination yeah. program but i i mean to what what the nhs has been able to do is because the nhs and, and primary care have all of the information of yeah. all of the patients in the uk i think it's probably been easier for them to organize these things whereas if, you know in in a in a federalized system where there's you know people are cared for by different private people and different insurances and all that type of stuff i can imagine that is a lot more complicated don't get me started on that yeah i i i i think you're absolutely right that the federal system is not helping right now and, and, what, and what about more like generally regards digital health so your solution or, or any other solution what are the differences in, in attitude to this stuff in the with germany compared to the uk well i know i know uh people in the uk like to uh talk badly about the nhs sometimes um is at least what i hear especially medical professionals um but what we think we see is 
that is just 10 years more experience in in the uk there 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 so you think it's 10 years in terms of experience with digital five to 10 years uh um just the just the the fact that there are accelerator programs that are supported by the nhs right that um apps or digital solutions are prescribed um all around the country yeah through the nhs apps library for one exactly and and um uh, commissioners have an interest uh in 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 solutions that actually can save money because digital solutions can save money is a massive difference we in 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 germany um there there has been new initiatives and new laws one is called diga i don't even know how to how to translate the digital health applications or something okay um and and um i don't think anyone has really figured out how to integrate them with doctor's offices and it's amazing that they've started it's kind of it's very german to be five years lagging behind you know very thorough though very thorough very thorough exactly like everything has to be thought through and then uh stuff starts but on the other hand especially in digital it's important to just try and error and um i think that the the uk is is ahead and if you look at the us we have clients in the us it's a whole different system yeah Um, super fragmented i don't even I, I don't think the three minutes of time that, uh, no, that we have are, are enough to. Want to do, I'd love to do a, get, get a couple of people on who are experts in the US healthcare yeah. space because sometimes I feel like they move unbelievably quickly and sometimes I feel like that they move unbelievably slowly and I can't quite work out why there is this like huge discrepancy. Yeah, I think, I think there, are, there are tons of reasons for it, starting with uh, American individualism and uh, uh, and. and uh, yeah, Ivy League universities, and then uh, I, I mean, I've I've cracked my ankle in the U.S. It was a horrific experience to to just uh, go from one practice to the other, always swiping my credit card. Um, yeah. Before before I was seeing a doctor, um, and uh, in general, I think overall, even in the pandemic, we all have to be grateful for for the work that that the the healthcare staff especially is doing and i mean every time i'm in london i see thank you nhs posters which is uh important i guess for the for the awareness but um the next challenge is coming right now in the pandemic and every country is is solving it differently and i hope digital solutions will be part of uh, what what was enabled and and catalyzed by the pandemic and and what's staying yeah no for sure um so just we got to wrap up now so thank you everybody for listening and before you go or before we go so if you want to join regimen you go to what www.joinregimen.com correct and if if there are doctors who want to pilot with us max okay. at joinregimen.com and you can download the app from either app store is that correct that's correct great good well look max it's been awesome to talk about regimen and how you're helping millions of men all over the world with erectile dysfunction and uh, yeah i just wish you the best of luck and thanks everyone for listening thank you Long night.